Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week, wanted to discuss the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Hasn't made a decision yet. Should happen either today or um, they said Sunday at the latest. Um, also, the Juan Soto trade with the New York Yankees and the San Diego Padres. And uh, get into college football. The playoff has been set. Florida State was omitted after finishing undefeated season the ACC. Uh, and then also wanted to recap week 13 of the NFL games and then uh, make my picks for week 14. Um, and then also get into some NBA stuff. Uh, Warriors are struggling. Um, and then also the um, 49ers. Why I think the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, so we'll get into that. So starting in baseball, we have uh, Shohei Otani, who, you know, by all regards is going to be uh, the highest paid player in the history of the game probably around 550 million dollars uh, probably for 10 years that's kind of the um, the rough estimate or the, the the guess that people are making um, I don't think anybody has has made an offer for 600 million um, but keep in mind he's top of the the league in pitching and also hitting but then he had Tommy John surgery so he's not going to pitch next year but hopefully uh, the 2025 season, he'll be back to pitching. Uh, this is basically Babe Ruth, the modern day Babe Ruth. Um, if you look at all the stats, like the numbers and what he brings uh, to a team, it's it's a lot. Um, but the 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 short list of teams that he's looking at, uh, so Toronto Blue Jays, the um, the LA Dodgers, and then also the San Francisco Giants are in the mix. And you know, um, as a person in San Francisco, I don't want to speculate too much or get into all the rumors with the giants um but at first he when he was making his first tour um before he signed with the angels um, he was scared of san francisco basically um so i don't think that has changed um since he's been in the league Uh, but for for toronto i don't think the blue jays would make a lot of sense in my opinion um i just i don't it's weird to want to leave the angels to go to the blue jays which I mean, the Blue Jays are good, but, you know, no one's picking them to win the World Series, right? It's in, in the AL, it's going to be uh, the Astros. Now it's going to be the Yankees with the trade, or the Rangers could repeat, you know? And then the National League, uh, Braves, you have the Phillies uh, making deep runs. Um, Diamondbacks, we'll see if they can um, continue that success from last year. But also the Dodgers. The Dodgers, you know, they've been failing every postseason um except the COVID year which was the shortened season that's where they have their championship um you know that'd be a short move for them since from anaheim to the la um and you know the award already got out that he's going to go that he might go to the dodgers after dave roberts's uh interview there but um i would be upset that would be so upsetting if the dodgers signed Shohei Otani because like they already have so much star power they have a roster right now that can win the World Series but they've just haven't been able to um, you know overcome any adversity at all in the postseason have been failing but um, they're you know this is kind of like Kawhi level um, investigating you know that um, he was that he had a, a private a private jet or something that they can track you know how they could track it they're tracking one from la to toronto today so um, some of the reports are that he's going to toronto he's going to spend the weekend over there um you know meet with some front office members and then also you know get a feel for the facilities and then probably make his decision on saturday um tomorrow 
Um, so we'll see. But I think a lot of people expect him to be a Blue Jay next year. I'm not buying anything with the San Francisco Giants at all because we had this whole Aaron Judge, Arson Judge situation with John Heyman. It seemed like it was going to be a Giant, and then it wasn't. And then they, you know, they switched up like, oh, let's get Carlos Correa. That failed as well. Um, but there's a lot of reports that they're going to get a big name free agent, which the only one we want is Shohei Otani. If we can string together some kind of offensive signings with like, you know, three or four people with that money that was offered to Otani, I know that they, I did hear that they did offer him, um, uh, uh, like 550 million over 10 years, but, uh, Otani's camp and Otani, they want to keep it pretty secret. So there's like very little information coming out from verified sources. A lot of it is, um, you know, people that are behind the scenes that we're seeing. I've been following these threads on Bleach Report in the Giants community. There's this guy who's who says he works for the Giants and he's getting intel from this other guy who he knows. They used to work together. Now he works high up with the Dodgers. So that's been like my source of um, – those have been my sources with, with Otani information that um, both teams offered him – Around 550 million. No one has reached the 600 million um, threshold, but Toronto. He's like really, he really loves the idea of being in Toronto. But there was a report, like a few days ago, that they would have to get rid of Vlad. And if you have to get rid of Vlad, then like, why would Otani want to be there? I just, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But um, I mean, he chose the Angels, so choosing the Angels didn't make a lot of sense to me either. Like they had two generational players in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and they didn't make the playoffs. So um, we'll see how that pans out. But, um, yeah, we should get an update here soon, the next 24 hours, I expect. And then moving to the New York Yankees pulled off a massive trade for Juan Soto, um, formerly of the San Diego Padres and the Washington Nationals. He's only like 25 or 26. He's really young still, still produces at a high level, so I'm not understanding why... Um, a lot of teams are, are trading him. Um, the returns are pretty big. But the Yankees, they honestly didn't have to even give up that much to get him. So now they have um, Juan Soto. They have um, uh, Giancarlo Stanton. And then they have Aaron Judge. So they have three, I mean, some three of the best power hitters in the league. Um, Stanton, when he's healthy, he still, he still can contribute at a high level offensively. Um, he just gets injured a lot. So does Aaron Judge. But, you know, Aaron Judge just recently, the year before, had, he hit, what, we hit 63 home runs. Something like that. He broke the record. Um, had a great MVP season. So um, expect the Yankees to be in the mix as far as ALCS or World Series because they've been, them like the Dodgers, they've been, um, they've been failing to reach the postseason and, you know, um, make a deep run in the postseason as well. But that was a, that was a big trade. I did not, I did not expect uh, the Padres to just take so little assets back from the Yankees. Um, switching gears to college football. Um, we had, the, I, I'm a little bit upset about this because I feel like Florida state should have gotten in. The final four was announced um, a couple days ago or on Sunday last week. So this is how the top four shook out. You had number one, Michigan, Number two, Washington finished undefeated in the Pac-12 championship um, and then defeated Oregon twice, who was ranked as high as six, I think, and now they're ranked eighth, so they beat them twice. So 
Um, and Michael Penix is invited to uh, New York for the Heisman ceremony. So um, they definitely deserve be, to be there, number two. Michigan, too, you know, being uh, 13-0, beat Ohio State again. And um, they've been great all year. Uh, number three is Texas, 12-1. Uh, and one. Their one loss is against a two-loss Oklahoma team in the Big 12. Um, but their, their one signature win earlier in the year was against Alabama. And then Alabama comes in at four, um, 12 and one. Um, that one loss was to Texas, as I mentioned. And then they had a big win against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, so they, so them beating the number one team, um, you know, for they were 29 and 0 Georgia and ranked number one for like two years straight. So they, they, Alabama had a, had a right to, um, be the fourth school in, right? Um, because you know, even the case the case could be made that Georgia should still be in two, right? And then you have two SEC schools, but the biggest gripe I think is is Florida State. You know, Jordan Travis unfortunately broke his leg like three weeks ago. Um, they still won the ACC championship, um, and you know, based on schedule, you know they they made an effort to schedule big games, and then they won all of those, right? Florida had a down year, but they still beat Florida. Clemson is not Clemson what we thought, but they beat Clemson. They beat Louisville in the ACC championship game with a third-string quarterback. I know they didn't, they didn't even throw for 100 yards, right? And then also they beat uh, LSU. LSU has, what, three losses on the year, but their quarterback is a Heisman finalist as well. So that's a good team. But um, the committee decided that they weren't worthy of a, of a top-four spot because – Jordan Travis is injured, so that completely changes the dynamic of that team. I get that, but football is a team a team game, right? It's a team sport. Um, you don't just really like. There's great quarterbacks that play, but their teams around them are bad, and and they don't elevate, right? Like that defense is that's a top ten defense in all of college football. They have NFL starters, future NFL starters on both offense and defense. I think um, this is a travesty that Florida State is not in um, this because this is a, a undefeated power five school they did everything they needed to do they beat louisville i mean louisville's louisville but they still they play you could only play who's in front of you right so they 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 beat louisville who you know they're ranked or they had top they're a top 15 school this year um and you know it was a defensive battle but florida state put up a bunch of uh put up enough points to, to win that game right so they did everything they were supposed to do and then the committee decides to put these other four schools in, which everybody's only everybody's talking about Alabama, right? Because of their loss, their loss was to Texas, who's been great all year. Um, but they beat they beat number one Georgia, so they deserve to be in. My issue with the top four is not Alabama, it's not Washington, or it's not Michigan. It's Texas. Texas, sure, you beat Alabama, right? But that one loss that you had was against a two-loss Oklahoma school. That team is not anywhere near what um, what Florida State is, even without Jordan Travis, I think. Because if something's going to happen, you got to let the defense play. you got to let these other guys play. They would have had – the only reason why they were on a third-string quarterback was because the second string – talking about Florida State, their second string was out with a, uh, a concussion. But he would have been back, right? He would have had a full month to train and to practice with the first team, right? You had a whole month to, to uh, prepare for, for that June 1st game. And um, 
Yeah, it was just just a travesty that Florida State didn't get in. Um, I think Georgia has um, an argument also that they should be in because their only loss was against Alabama, and it was like a last-second touchdown. Alabama also had this like last-second win or touchdown or whatever against uh, Auburn in the Iron Bowl, and you know a win's a win, right? But Texas's one loss is worse than Alabama's one loss who was against Texas, but like the wins for Alabama are better than the wins for Texas, if this makes sense. And this is my, my problem with college football because, I mean, you had the you had different games. You know, those, everyone keeps talking about TCU uh, last year where they just got demolished by Georgia. Keep in mind, that was a championship game. Like, TCU won their semifinal game against, who was against Michigan? Like, they beat Michigan or whoever they beat to get to the championship to get the opportunity to play Georgia. So, like, you can't just dictate the TCU thing to like make sense of the Florida State issues because TCU deserved to be there. They're the they were the Big Twelve uh, championship, and then they played the semifinal game, which they won, and then that's why they played Georgia. So they, it's not like they were um, blown out in the semifinal game. But then blowouts happen all the time in, in in college sports. But then even a few years ago, if you go back a few years ago to Ohio State, where they had um, who was it J T Barrett and then um, Cardell Jones. And who was their first quarterback? Who was their first? Terrell Pryor was that? He's the first quarterback. So there's injuries to the first and second string. Cardell Jones is the third string, and then he win he wins the championship. They just destroyed the opponent in that game. So you have to give the opportunity to these guys to to be able to to showcase their talents as big stage. A lot of people, I, I would be invested in watching Florida State with the second string or third string quarterback. I was like, oh, I want to see how this team does it because. Defensively, they're amazing. They have great talent all around on that roster. It's not just Jordan Travis. Like, Jordan Travis isn't even, he's not even the best player on the team, right? And you're not giving these kids an opportunity to showcase, like, what they have or, like, what would have been, right? Um, because, like, the NFL doesn't do this. Like, it, I mean, I'm sure the NFL, if they had the opportunity to do this, they would do it. But that year where Carson Wentz got injured, when they won the, Super, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, um, like would would the NFL have rescheduled that game or, or put took the Eagles out and put another team in there? We would have never seen a Nick Foles, you know, Super Bowl run, or when the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr was winning the Super Bowl and then he like fractured his back and then who did they have? They had a they had some backup quarterback play that game and it was terrible in the playoffs. But like you know that's how that's how it goes. You have to go with the team that you have, and the committee is telling Florida State, hey. All your games that you played before Jordan Travis, where you were, you know, a top five team, you were one of the best teams in the country. None of those matter anymore. Now we're, it's just all about the money, the publicity, and it's just an event. But it's it's a sporting event. But it's like it's, some things have to matter. And sure, I understand why the committee chose that it was because um, obviously it's not the same team with Jordan Travis. But you still have to give them an opportunity to play. So now. Um, the way that this sets up for them is that they get, they'll get to play Georgia. So now they'll they'll either they'll either get to showcase their talent, like hey, like we beat Georgia, this is what we're made of. We're thirteen and zero, and we destroyed um, the number one team that was ranked for twenty nine straight weeks, and we beat them. So hopefully they you know they stay up for that game, and they're able to compete and, and beat Georgia, show everybody that they deserve to be in that spot. I hope Texas gets blown out by Washington. Just so, oh, okay. Well, what if what if uh, Florida State was in there instead of Texas, right? Or I hope there's a blowout in the first semifinal. I just feel so bad for the, the Florida State uh, student athletes because it's terrible. But um, with that being said, these are my picks for the um, semifinals. I have 
Alabama being Michigan. Um, I'm just not going to bet against uh, Nick Saban and this team. There's a lot of you know close games early in the season where they almost lost, or you know then they had that loss against Texas. But um, as the year went on, they got better and better and better, and they just found ways to win, like no matter what. And um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to bet against Nick Saban there. Um, and then so then after that, you have Texas and Washington. So since Pac-12 is done now, I'm I'm rooting for the last Pac-12 school. So I'm going to go for Washington uh, to beat Texas, and then I'm going Washington and Alabama in the championship, and I'm taking Washington to beat Alabama. Revenge for the 20 was it 2015 2016 season when Washington had uh, Jake Browning as quarterback, and I think they lost was it 41 to seven or something. So I'm going with that, and then we have some other bowl games too. We have Fiesta Bowl, Liberty 13 no Liberty is playing against Oregon 11 and two. Expect Oregon to win that one. Citrus Bowl, you have Iowa and Tennessee. Uh, Iowa can't score any points. It's all defense with them. I'll take Tennessee in that one. LSU against Wisconsin, I'll take LSU. Uh, Georgia and Florida State, um, I'm going to take Georgia because they're they're a better team. They have their, their starting quarterback, 12-1. and one. But I'm rooting for Florida State. But I know the odds, Vegas will probably have Georgia favored by 14 points. That's my guess. Uh, Ole Miss and Penn State, both 10-2. and two. That should be a good one. Um, Penn State also, all defense. They don't have a lot of flashy um, offensive strategies. Don't really, Not really high scoring. Um, I'll go Ole Miss with that one. You have Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri. I'll take Ohio State. And then, let's see, other notable games. Alamo Bowl, you have Arizona and Oklahoma. I'm going Pac-12, Arizona. And any other good ones here? Oregon State and Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl. That's a pretty um, good matchup there. Rematch of the Fiesta Bowl in, was it 2001? With Jonathan Smith and uh, TJ Huzmanzada and uh, Chad Ochocinco were on that team. Oh, no, wait. And, oh, De- Dennis Erickson was the coach of that team, too. Um, so you have 8-4 and four Oregon State against Notre Dame, 9-3. and three. I don't know who is starting for Oregon State because DJ decided to transfer and then Aiden Childs, the, the backup, the freshman who, who's shown a lot of uh, flashes of talent. He also is transferring. Um, so they're going to be down a few guys, a couple starters. and uh, But I'll still take Oregon State. We'll, we'll go we'll go Beavs in that one. Um, but it should be exciting bowl season. I'm excited that there's a Pac-12 team finally in the playoff. But next year, so next year it's going to expand to uh, 12 teams. So this is how it would look with 12 teams. You would have Oregon would still be there. You would have Georgia and Florida State would be there, and you would also have Mississippi and Penn State in there, and then Missouri, Ohio State, and then um, Oklahoma would be that 12th seed, which, you know, they're okay, but they're they're a two-loss team, and that's why I feel like Texas shouldn't be in there because they, they lost to them. So it, it just didn't make sense to me with that, with how they, how they determined that, but it seemed like the committee really wants Texas to be back. They're really pushing... Texas, 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 really shoving down our throats. Um, but we'll see. And then as far as Heisman goes, I think I think it's Michael Penix. Um, he's been great all year. Towards like the like the end of the season, he's been he hasn't have had as many um, big games as far as touchdowns go. Like the uh, Pac-12 championship, he only had one t- passing touchdown. But um, but he's been the biggest difference maker. Like they won how many? I think they won four games last year. 
um, like, well, two years ago before Penix got there, and then Penix was there last year, and then this year, and they've just been great ever since Penix got there. And it was a, it was a rebuilding of a program since they had uh, Jake Browning since they last made it to the um, the playoff. So there was a lot of um, a lot of moving pieces there. But um, yeah, I think Penix wins the championship, and Penix wins the Heisman. Those are my picks. So in the NBA, they're doing the in-season tournament. Uh, and for the West, you have the Pelicans and the Lakers. In the East, you have the Pacers and the Bucks. And as far as like legacies go for for players in the NBA, like like what's the what's the comparison? Like oh, I got a I got a Finals MVP compared to I got a in-season tournament MVP. Like I don't I don't know. I just don't I don't know if it has that same cachet as a Finals MVP does, but. Uh, players seem to like it. Players seem to have bought in. Um, LeBron was outspoken about it, said that he likes it, and um, Damian Lillard also likes it as well. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. The the courts, the court design is their hideous courts. Um, it just looks kind of gimmicky. But um, I guess something we have to get used to because that's what's going on now. Um, I wanted to talk about the Warriors. Uh, Warriors are sitting in eleventh place in the West, ten and eleven. Um, they are. In a funk, he had uh, Gary Payton the second was injured. He's out for a few weeks. It seems like uh, Chris Paul was injured. He's back now. Uh, Chris Paul signing hasn't hasn't really worked out as I, I would think that it would have worked out. Um, Draymond is kind of on another level now of uh, of annoyance. It seems like if he gets frustrated about something or um, you know, he's yelling at the refs, or then he'll he'll just like foul the other team's player. Um, it's just he just has stupid fouls, and then he gets a tech, and then Kerr has to take him out. It's like he he doesn't have like the maturity level to like to bring it back in anymore. Now it's like when he got fired up, it would bring the team together. Now if he gets fired up, he just gets a technical, and it's not it doesn't have the same um, importance as it used to. Um, now they're trying to ride um, Jonathan Kaminga. And Moses Moody, those young guys. Um, Steph Curry's still at a, at a high level, though, as a player. So they need to surround him with, you know, just better talent. Just because, like, this team, as it's currently constructed, um, I don't think they beat Dallas. I don't think they beat Denver. They could probably beat L.A. Um, I don't know about Phoenix. Um, like, even given their standings, I think, I think they're, like, they're probably, like, the fourth, fifth best team. In the West, um, yeah, I would take uh, Dallas over them. I would take the Thunder over them, and then I would take the Nuggets. Um, I don't, I don't, one hundred percent believe in the Suns yet. I think um, they haven't had everybody together yet, so it's hard to um, judge how that team's going to look. But, um, but still early, you know, it's December. Um, but I think with Clay Thompson, he's kind of hit and miss. Um, you know, Draymond Green and his issues, but really the only consistent force that you can really rely on is Steph Curry at this point. Um, but it just seems like it's nearing the end, and um, you know they've they've earned the right to um, speak for all the all the guys that they have the 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 core guys. They've earned the right to just ride it out until those guys decide to retire. That's just how it goes, I think, because they won four championships with that core. So I think, in my opinion, they they deserve to. To ride it out as long as they want, you know. And I think at the end of the day, it's up to Steph Curry, you know, because he's he's close with those guys, and they they just did a celebration at the end of November uh, for Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And um, yeah, I think they're, they're probably just gonna ride that out. Um, other options here, um, other trade 
candidates. We're still waiting to hear about Zach Levine. Bulls are eight and fourteen, sitting at twelfth place. A lot of uh, teams have inquired about that. Also, another one I was surprised about was uh, Donovan Mitchell with Cleveland. Uh, they're the eighth spot, twelve and nine. Because um, now New York is trying to put together a package to. Um, or this is like reported that they're interested in trading for Donovan Mitchell, but in the in when he was with Utah, he could they could have traded for him, but they didn't want to uh, give it them any assets. But the Knicks have been saying that they're like missing some star power. Um, Detroit has been really bad, and I don't think anybody's talking about it. They've lost eighteen straight games. They're two and nineteen on the season. Um, other bad teams are Washington three and seventeen. The Spurs are still three and seventeen. Um, I guess the Grizzlies are six and fourteen. There's some, some there's some teams that I'm not surprised that they're terrible, but they're they're worse than I thought. Like I thought the Pistons were gonna be like a little bit better. Like they they missed they missed their year to to tank. They were supposed to tank when like this past year when Victor um or like Wemby was available and the Spurs got him. Like they're supposed to tank them. Now it seems like they're tanking like right now, and it's not it's just not working out. Um, okay, so I wanted to recap some of the games from Week 13 in the NFL. I'm going to start with the biggest game of the week last week was Eagles and the 49ers. It was the most satisfying game to watch in a long time. Um, all year long, Eagles were talking shit because Brock Purdy did get injured in like the fourth play of the game in the NFC Championship game, and that game would have been different. There's no doubt about it. The game would have been different if the starting quarterback is still in the game. But then the Eagles acted like that didn't mean anything and it didn't matter. Like if it was the same team without Brock Purdy, which was bullshit. Um, so the 49ers came out aggressive. They beat them 42 to 19. Um, Eagles just looked completely lost. They couldn't stop the 49ers offense at all. And Brock Purdy was making big throws. He had an MVP type game, 314 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Debo Samuel had a, a rushing touchdown and two uh, receiving touchdowns. Their defense looked great. Um, they were able to disrupt Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts looked, you know, he looked okay. He didn't look, you know, amazing. Um, but now, when you look at the standings, you have the top two teams are the Eagles and the 49ers. So now the Cowboys need to beat the Eagles for the 49ers to secure the number one spot in the NFC home field advantage. But if you go record-wise, you have Eagles, 49ers, Lions, and Cowboys. And the only team, like, I really feel like it could be uh, pretty competitive is is the Lions for some reason. Um, they're sitting at 9-3 and because, I mean, the 49ers already played the Cowboys and the Eagles blew both of them out. So now they just kind of have to battle it out. Uh, but 49ers are aiming for the number one seed, and this is why. I think, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl because they've had great teams with Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback. Now you have a new quarterback in Brock Purdy who can make all the right throws. He can read defenses. He's playing a lot better. He has complete control of the offense, and Shanahan seems to trust him better. Defense is a lot better. Um, they just have all the pieces that they need, and um, I think if they don't win this year, it's a major disappointment because if you look at the AFC, AFC is wide open in my opinion. NFC is wide open. I mean, you can't. I mean, 49ers, uh, no, the 49ers. The Cowboys are really good. They're winners of four straight, nine and three. We'll see how they play um, at home against the Eagles this next week. And let's see what else. Um, then you have the Bengals and the Jaguars. Bengals won with Jake Browning from Washington. We just talked about him earlier. They beat the Jags 34-31 in overtime. The Chiefs lost against the Packers 27-19. So the Chiefs haven't looked, haven't looked good at all. Like, their receivers have been 
having all kinds of drops all year long. So they lead the league in drops this year. <clears throat> uh, Rams beating up on the on the Browns, thirty six to nineteen. What other notable games were there? Colts thirty one to twenty eight, still in the playoff hunt. Jets look absolutely horrible again, thirteen to eight. They have no offense, so they 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 uh, they cut. Tim Boyle, um, they upgraded Zach Wilson back to starting quarterback. And then there was a report that he didn't want to play. He was reluctant to play because he didn't want to get injured. And they're still waiting on this Aaron Rodgers thing. But Aaron Rodgers should just not come back at all this year because the team's horrible. Like, they're they're just bad. They're, they're not coached right. The offense is terrible. I think Nathaniel Hackett probably needs to get fired because, I mean, they're talented everywhere else. And there's been no uh, progression from Zach Wilson at all since he's been with the Jets. Uh, Lions escape um, a comeback from the Saints, 33-28. Texans still fighting for that playoff spot as well. Um, AFC South is going to be pretty close, I think. Uh, 22-17 over the Broncos. Dolphins demolish the Commanders, 45-15. But they haven't played played really well against any um, teams with a winning record. They always dominate teams with losing records. Like, they're supposed to win those games, but if there's... You know, if there's like a test, a true test, they need to beat somebody who's really good. I think Cowboys beat the Seahawks uh, 41-35. <clears throat> um, okay, so we had the Thursday night game yesterday with the Patriots and the Steelers. The Patriots have just been awful, 21-18. So have the Steelers uh, just struggling quarterback play for both teams. Uh, but let's see, Sunday you have Tampa at Atlanta. Atlanta is a two-point favorite. They're six and six. They could still win the NFC South. Both teams can technically. Um, I'll take the Falcons in that one. Uh, I'll take the points too. Uh, Colts at Bengals. Uh, Jake Browning. He seems like he could be a, a pretty good quarterback. Like he has, he had control of the offense. He was able to find uh, open receivers, and they played really well against Jacksonville. Who I think Jacksonville might be the best team in the AFC right now. Um, I'll take the Colts though. Seven and five. They're yeah. Good record, surprising, with Anthony Richardson out uh, for the rest of the year. You have the Browns um, at home against the Jags. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to play. He got pretty banged up against the Bengals, but it looked like it was just an ankle sprain. It looked like an awkward awkward injury, but um, he seems like he'll be fine. Like He was kind of walking on it, and it seems like he was, he was doing like some um, limited uh, practicing. So if he plays, I'll take Jacksonville. Um, yeah, Brown's looking good at seven and five. You have the Lions at the Bears. I'm taking the Lions. I don't know why the line is only three and a half, but I'll take Detroit in that one. Uh, you have the Panthers one and eleven against the Saints five and seven. Saints are favored by six. I'm taking the Saints. The Panthers are just so bad. They're just so awful. Uh, Ravens, actually, Raven. I think the Ravens. I'll go, I'll go through my the, my tiers list here. With the AFC and the AFC, but the the Ravens are looking really good right now. Nine and three, favored by seven and a half at home against the Rams. We're taking the Ravens in that one. Texans and Jets, obviously taking the Texans. The Jets have just been they're just a train wreck right now. And then you have uh, Vikings at Raiders. Um, I'll take Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. Uh, that one could go either way, honestly. But uh, Vikings at by three. Chiefs and Bills uh, in Kansas City. The line is one. In favor of Kansas City. This game, you know, earlier in the season was like, oh, okay, big game, big game. It's going to be an afternoon game. It's not even a Sunday night game because it's not, doesn't have the same cachet. Um, 
Josh Allen has been struggling. You know, it's on the record he has like the most interceptions, but he, he does have a lot of touchdowns as well. But there seems to be some locker room issues there because uh, this team is too talented to be six and six. You know, Von Miller got arrested for um, assaulting his pregnant girlfriend. Um, and they turned himself in, but apparently he's still going to be able to play on Sunday, which is weird. I don't know how that makes sense, but that's the NFL. Um, so I'm, I'll take the Chiefs uh, eight and four. Um, I'll take the points as well. Um, and then you have Broncos and Chargers, uh, probably two of the most disappointing teams. Chargers at five and seven. Head coach is probably gone after the year because you know you have Justin Herbert and you have. Very talented roster, but you still haven't been able to, to get it done at all. I'm going to take Denver. 6-6, six and six, they're still fighting for a playoff spot, wild card spot. Um, then you have Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys 3.5, they're favored at home. I'm taking Dallas just because I want the 49ers to get the number one seed. Um, but uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles haven't lost two in a row in, in a couple of years. Packers at Giants. Packers favored by 6.5. I do like Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito, um, quarterback for the Giants. But I'll take Jordan Love and the Packers. Jordan Love has improved a lot over the last few weeks. Um, he was kind of showing flashes early in the season. And then he'd have like a three-interception game or whatever. But um, he's finally finding some consistency in that offense. Um, looks good. Um, the, oh, there's two Monday night games this week. So you have Packers and Giants is one, the first Monday night. And then the second one is Titans at uh, Dolphins. Dolphins are 13-point favorites. Crazy. And the Sunday night game is Eagles at Cowboys. So there's some some really good um oh and then there's this the the Seahawks and the Niners. Niners are favored by 13, 13 points. I'm taking the Niners. Uh but there's a lot of good matchups this week. Uh, a lot of uh, good uh playoff implications. Um and then as we go through the tiers in the AFC, um I think the Ravens could win the Super Bowl. The Ravens in my I spoke too soon when I said Jacksonville is the best team in the AFC. I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. They've been the most consistent. Um, they have the best defense, and um, Lamar Jackson has been playing really well, even with the uh, the injury to Mark Andrews. Um, the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins can win the Super Bowl too, but they I just haven't seen them play really well against a good team, right? Like their three losses are against teams with winning records. So that's what remains to be seen. And then I'm going to say uh, Kansas City because, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, it's Travis Kelsey. You can't bet against it, but... Um, they got to figure out their offense and the the situation with the drops. Like what? I I just don't get it. I don't get it. So um, that would be my three tiers. I wanna I need to see the health of Trevor Lawrence. But then if it's Trevor Lawrence is is healthy, then I'm still gonna take. I would probably put Jacksonville over Miami if Trevor Lawrence is in is if he's healthy. But right now it's um it's Chiefs Ravens Dolphins with question about uh, Trevor Lawrence's health. Um, which is a lot different than what we said a few weeks ago when we had Cincinnati up there six and six, and you had the Bills up there, but now they're six and six. Cincinnati makes sense because you know Joe Burrow is out for the rest of the year, but they could still uh, push for the playoffs. So right now with the playoff picture, you have the Browns at the fifth seed with a seven five record without Deshaun Watson. Then you have the Colts at seven and five without Anthony Richardson. And then you have the Texans at the seventh spot, seven and five with CJ Stroud, a rookie quarterback. So it's kinda AFC's kinda weird right now. And then specifically the AFC South, like the Jags are up one game on both the Colts and the Texans and they all three could win the division and all three could make the playoffs, which I would not have bet on that. I would have probably bet on maybe the 
the AFC West for that to happen. Um, and then the a- NFC side of the ball, you have or of the of the um, league, you have uh, the Eagles number one, as we mentioned earlier. And then the fourth spot is the the Falcons, six and six, probably win the NFC South, but that'll be an easy win for the other team. Vikings at six and six, and then you have the Packers at six and six, still in the playoff hunt. The Rams in the eighth spot, six and six, and then the Seahawks also at six and six, but they're losers of three straight. Rams winners of three straight, so trending in opposite directions there. And then Bucks at five and seven, the Saints five and seven are still in the race. Um, but yeah, if it feels like NFC, it's just 49ers and and everybody else, I think, because um, but you know, right now I do honestly have more faith in the Cowboys and I do the Eagles of winning the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott has been tremendous this season. He had three interceptions against the Cowboy against the 49ers, so the other four are against other teams, but he hasn't had that many interceptions that he's looked like a better quarterback than he has in the last few years. So um, I would say I have the most faith in them over the Eagles and even the Lions. So I would say I'd put the Eagles at fourth. And then uh, Lions at third, Cowboys second, and then I would say the 49ers first for like teams that I think can win the Super Bowl in the um, NFC. Well, that's all I have for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Um, try to be back next week. I have Wednesday. It's out. My, my schedule's changed a little bit. And then I have um, finals coming up. So I'm finally done with my, uh, my fall term. And then I have winter. And then I have spring. So I have two terms left. I'm graduating this coming june which i'm very excited about this has been a long long journey i started working on my degree degree fucking 12 years ago and after all this time i'm not going to be a doctor um this is just for my my first my first degree and then i and then i'm going to get my master's so so then it'll look like oh okay you know what it, it took him 14 12 14 years but at least he has a master's so, so that's why i'm doing it so it's like oh, okay he took a long time but you know he has multiple degrees how about that um, instead of just like, oh yeah, it took me 12 for a fucking bachelor's, but, um, I am, I am really happy about that. So I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on things in my life and it's, um, and things are finally paying off. So it's, um, it's very exciting for me to, to finally be able to say that I like less than a year, just a few months, I'm going to be, I'm going to be done with my, uh, my first degree. So very exciting. And then I'm going to take like, uh, I'm going to take like a six-month break. Or no, I think it's a year because I think the other program starts. It's like a year after. So it would be uh, 2025 I would start. And then 2027, I would be done with – I would have my master's and everything else. So, you know, a few a few more years here, like four years. So, uh, But, yeah, thanks for listening, and then uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend.